Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm excited about this season. Um, we are starting a brand new series entitled uh, uh, The Season of Grace. Now, I will tell you that, that this, this message, God gave me this message at the beginning of the year. And, and it, it ties into the fact that in October, Mosaic Church turned five. Five being the number for grace. And, and this is the season for grace. Um, and what I mean by that is we are gathering and creating our Christmas list and checking it twice, trying to find out who's naughty or nice. Um, it's greater than that. This is the season of grace. And as we are plan- uh, planning our, our menus and all of these things, I really want to talk to you all about in these next three weeks about what we should be focusing about in this particular season. I've entitled this particular message, we need a savior. During this season, it's such a delight to drive through different neighborhoods and, and see the different houses adorned with lights and inflatables in their front yard of Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and to occasionally see the nativity scene laid out in front of some of these homes. I love it. It just gives me this warm feeling. My wife and them call them warm fuzzies. And I get the warm fuzzies when I see these decorations. I just love this part of season. This part of the season is where we, you and I, those who are Christians, commemorate uh, 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 the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll talk to you in a minute about that. But it's also one of my favorite months because uh, we commemorate one of his sons, uh, me. Yeah, I, I was born December 16th, the day before the ugly sweater contest. Hint, hint, one more hint. Amen. So anyway, I love this season. I look forward to it. My, my, my firstborn princess was born uh, in this month. It's just a great time of the season. And I love walking to the mall and you walk in the mall and everything smells so lovely. It smells like Christmas. And then you, you get your hot chocolate from Starbucks and you walk in the mall and everything looks like Christmas. And then, you know, there's Santa over there. It's just a beautiful time. It's exciting. And, and you know what's so crazy about it? In all of the, the drama in the world, I'm good, I'm good. In all of the drama in the world, right, nobody's upset everybody's happy, everybody's good, everybody's smiling, everybody's joyous, you know, normally when you try to get something, you know, uh, you know, you grab something at the store, somebody say, oh, I was looking at that, you know, during the regular season, but during the holiday season, like, no, you can have it, uh, I'll just get another color, everybody's happy, everybody, except for Black Friday, that's when, I mean, 
I don't know, it's crazy. Between Black Friday and now, it's crazy. But now it's good, right? I love it. But there's this other emotion that, that, uh, that, that, that comes over me. It's one that's a bit conflicting. So I, I love the joy. I love the excitement. But there's this other commotion, this emotion that, that fills my heart. My heart fills with joy and a gentle warmth fills my body as I walk through the malls and drive through the neighborhoods. But there's this other feeling that penetrates my heart, and that's one of sadness and a little bit of anger because we've commercialized this holy day. And regardless to what you say, this is indeed a holy day. The believer and the non-believer benefit from it. Everybody gets a day off, whether you know Jesus, love Jesus, like Jesus, care about Jesus, because we commemorate his birthday on the 25th of December, everybody gets a break. Everybody gets perks from it. You might get lucky and find a Chinese restaurant open occasionally. You might get lucky and find, like, the local gas station open to get uh, some bread. But we don't know how long that bread been there, okay? Y'all know when y'all forget stuff, you're like, you really want to go to the corner store, to the gas station? And get that? You know, we don't know, right? But here's what I do know is that this holy day is not confirmed to be Jesus' birthday. This holy day is commemoration of his birthday. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. If you read the Bible and know a little bit of biblical history, when, 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 when God made his greatest impacts, he did it when there were large gatherings of people. Let's look at Easter. Okay, uh, they were all gathering together, thousands, hundreds of thousands, dare I say, possibly millions coming, pilgrims from all over to come and partake of the Passover festival. That's where we get Easter. And so uh, uh, then there's the Pentecost festival, another time when, 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 when Peter came from up the an upper room. They were there getting ready in this season. Peter comes from the upper room with all of his people. There are thousands of people there. Peter preaches, and that day instantly thousands became Christians. When there are large gatherings, God does some amazing work. So the early church was born. We read this in the book of Acts chapter 2. Around there, the first church came. And, 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 and then after that, when the Bible was finally written and completed, there were early church fathers who read the Bible. And these early church fathers said, you know what? We don't have a day to commemorate the day our Savior was born, we celebrate his resurrection and Easter, but we don't have a day to commemorate. Well, let's follow how it's been done historically. What did they do historically? Well, whenever God did something great, when he really made an impact, he did something when there were large masses of people. So the early church fathers decided, well, what is one of the greatest gatherings of non-believers? Well, at the time, there was a pagan holiday that they celebrated, and this is what they did. They, just, they didn't say, wait, we're going to hijack the pagan holiday. The early church father says, we're going to hijack the people that are participating in the pagan holiday. They didn't hijack, hijack the holiday. So people who are against church and people who are against Christmas will have you believe, oh, we're celebrating a pagan holiday. No, we celebrate. We created a holiday to commemorate the birth of a savior during a time when there was a pagan holiday where there were a bunch of them assembled. And we did that not to hijack the holiday, but to hijack the people. And we did it. We did it well. 
So that's what this is all about. So thank God we did it. So now we have a day to celebrate the birth of our Savior. So, so now y'all, y'all got that free history lesson. I won't charge y'all for that. That one's free. The next one, I'm going to send you an invoice. Because that Savior was born, God gave us a gift. And that gift is grace. Because prior to the birth of the Savior, your sin, the punishment for your sin was death. And I'm not saying that metaphorically. I'm speaking that literally. In other words, if the, uh, uh, we can read stories in the Bible of people that committed sin and what their punishment was. Let's talk about the woman that was caught in the adulterous act. She sinned. They brought her to Jesus because their plan was, well, according to law, we're supposed to bring her into the town center. And because she has sinned, remember, she, she wasn't the only one involved in the act. They didn't do nothing to the man who was also sinning. I got issues with that. Me and God have been working on that. They bring her to the center because they're getting ready to fulfill the law of the land, which was what? Stoning. Let me explain to you. They wasn't putting her in the center to throw little pebbles like, uh, you and you, shame on you. No, they were stoning her until she breathed her last breath because her sin prior to Jesus hanging on the cross for our hangups meant death. So it's important that when we celebrate this, as, and I know, I know you guys got lists and your children have lists and you have stuff that you're getting ready for, but, but, but when we celebrate, I want us to be thinking of Jesus. Let me share something with you really quick. God created the earth. He created man. And it was void of sin. It was, we were, this is how it was. When God created it, it was as clear and as pure as this water. Then he created a man. That's the earth. Well, actually, we're going to call that God. No, that's the earth. I've got them labeled. That's why I said that. Y'all can't see it, but it's secret. It's secret. I want y'all to walk with me. So God created the earth. That's how it was, minus the bubbles. It was pure. It was sinless. Beautiful. It was perfect. It was authentic. There was nothing wrong with it. Then from there, he created a man. Yeah, he created man. Look at that. He created man. And everything God did, he said, this was good. I can imagine God creating, throwing it. He just grabs some stuff. He said, I'm going to throw this in the sky. Wow. I'll call those stars. And he created the earth. And, and he spoke all of these things into existence. And then he says, oh, I'm going to create these animals. But I don't know. I, I know what to call them, but I'm going to let somebody else call them what they should call them. And so he created from the dust of man. He create, from the dust, he created man. And then he looked at man. He said, everything is good. Everything is good. But then he looked at man. He says, you know what? It is not good that man be alone. So God put him to sleep. So let me explain what I mean when he put him to sleep. He put him back to death. So when I use the word sleep in, in the Bible, in, old, in, in the history, biblically, whenever they said the word sleep, it was associated with death. So he put him back to sleep and said, let me start this over. He put him back to death. Let me start this over. Pulled the rib, created woman, created help me. Now, 
You got man and woman. And he gave them the most beautiful place in all of his creation. The Garden of Eden. Here, I want to put y'all in the most beautiful place that I've ever. This right here. I want y'all to be here. And I want you to eat of all the fruit, all of these, but, 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 but there's one tree I don't want you to eat from. And I don't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't, I don't want you to know about these things. And they were chilling. They were good with that. We're like, cool, you know, why even touch that when we got all of this? Why even bother with that? Then all of a sudden, the serpent comes. Now, read your Bible because you'll miss this. The serpent didn't come in on his belly. That was going to come later on. That was his curse for being involved in that. The serpent walks in, and he's got game. Listen here, mama. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Let me just get a sidebar conversation with you. Did God really say that? Or did he say, did he really mean, or did, so we know the story. They decided to take a bite of that apple and then sin entered the world. You know what? Because it wasn't a little sin. It was like a lot of sin. Let's just go ahead and be real with it. Sin. Look at all that sin. (laughs) All right. So then now sin enters the world. The world is not so pretty. The world is not so gorgeous. Sin enters the world. But let me tell you when grace entered. If you're with me, join me in Genesis chapter 3, verses 15. Genesis chapter 3, verses 15. Verses 3, I mean chapter 3, verse 15, forgive me. It says this. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. God's judgment on Satan is for him to always know defeat. He will always reach for victory, but will always fall short. In other words, we are the offspring. We will strike the head of Satan every time he's attacked us. Do you know why that is the case and why he can strike only our heel? He is beneath us. And every time you give Satan credit for challenges in your life, you just promoted him and he didn't earn it. Every time you say, oh, the devil is tempting me. That's not true. How do you know it's not God stretching you? Don't confuse the two. Grace can only exist as if we go through some stuff. Grace is what pulls us out. Let me share with you what grace is. Grace, my brothers and sisters, is God's unmerited. It's God's unmerited favor. It cannot be earned. It cannot be repayable. And it certainly is undeserved. So watch this. When you say, oh, God, I'm going through some stuff. Man, the devil is busy. Yes, he is busy. But don't mix it up and think that it's him that's challenging you. It could be God stretching you. Sometimes to get for God to get out of you what he needs to get. Sometimes what God needs to do is chisel away some things. Sometimes if you're not producing the fruit that God has planted you to fruit of, to produce, sometimes he'll do this thing called pruning. He'll cut away stuff, 
dead in your life that's not producing. But what you will do is say, oh, my God, the devil is busy when it's God chiseling you, removing stuff that's holding you back that's not producing fruit. The devil is designed that when, listen, when Satan sinned, he was cursed to crawl on his belly forever. Have you ever seen a snake besides a cobra? I get it. Some of y'all watch National Geographic. Besides a cobra, have you ever seen a snake snake stand up? No. And a cobra can't even stand up. He can rear up, but he can't walk. He don't have no arms. He's a serpent like Satan. He's forever beneath us. This is why we walk in victory. We are victors and not victims when we're going through some stuff. We've already, the fight has been fixed. We've already won. This is why he says the serpent, his head will be bruised and our heel will be bruised because we're constantly doing this. He's always beneath us. So every time you say, oh man, Satan is tempting me. Satan is getting his way with me. Uh, the devil is busy. Guess what? You just promoted him to a level that he's not capable of even serving in God never called him there this is what grace looks like so Adam and Eve commit this sin the serpent has to crawl on his belly he is beneath us we've bruised his head we will forever bruise his head watch this Genesis 20 Genesis 30 verses 20 and 21 this is when grace first enters Genesis 3 verses 20 and 21 Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be mother to all who live. Remember, we're her offspring. She's mother to all who live. We're her offspring. This is why our foot is on his head. Okay. And the Lord gave, watch this, the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. They sinned. They messed up. They realized they were naked. And God says, I got some grace for you because you are ashamed about your nakedness. I'm going to clothe you, but don't miss the part of the message I need you to shout on. It took the sacrifice of something else living in other to cover them. It took the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, someone who was living, who had to die for you and I so that we would be covered. I thought I would get more shouts there. I really, really did. Let me show you how this plays out. In order for Adam and Eve to be clothed, a sacrifice had to be made. An animal had to die. Adam and Eve were clothed in a garment that was purchased with the life of another. We, you and I, are clothed with a garment of righteousness that was purchased with the life of another. And his name is Jesus Christ. God's clothing Adam and Eve means that they are covered, which indicates that they are also saved. So not only is that the first time we hear about grace being introduced, but that's when salvation salvation stepped on the scene and because of the death of an animal that covered them the death of Jesus Christ covered us and you and I now receive salvation which is grace unmerited unearned undeserved that is the grace hey Romans 5 17 says this for the sin of this one man Adam caused death to rule over many But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. The earth was pure. They took a bite of the apple. It became dirty. God is here. 
Then all of a sudden, you and I are born. Jesus dies on the cross. You and I are born into this world of sin. So obviously because we're born into the world of sin, sin is not in us. Jesus Christ, born, hung on a cross for you and I. First thing he does is he says, you know what? Let me see if I can fix this mess over here. Okay, so we got them clean. Now, now, let me see. Now, I know they're going to go through some stuff on this earth. Uh, I know they're going to be challenged, but uh, they got Jesus in them now. We have Jesus in us now. Let's see what happens when sin enters us. What happens because we got Jesus in us when sin enters us? What happens when sin enters us because we have Jesus? That is grace. And then, and then watch this. And then grace is so wonderful that grace can cleanse all who believe. The non-believer, all can receive this same kind of grace in the name of Jesus. Hey! If Jesus is in you, see, grace is not for everybody. It's for anybody, but it's not for everybody. So you have to believe in grace. Uh, Grace died for a wretch like you and me. Grace walked this earth sinless. Grace paid the penalty for our sins. And if you don't believe in grace and his name is Jesus Christ, you cannot receive the gift of grace. It's not for everybody. It's for anybody. Anybody who believes in this grace. Well, what, 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 tell me about grace, Pastor B. Tell me a little bit about grace. I will, but let me share this scripture with you in John chapter 1, verses 16. Through 17, John chapter 1, verses 16 through 17 says this From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. In the Greek, it says grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing and faithfulness, unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Let me teach you all how to read the Bible. Pay close attention to what the writer is saying. That's one thought. That's not two separate thoughts. It's one thought that the writer is getting you to see. Watch this. I'm going to read it again. From the abundance, from his abundance, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Now we're going to talk about what that grace upon grace is. This is the grace upon grace. God's unfailing love. And then he doesn't stop there. Here's the other grace. And faithfulness. In other words, God loves you so much he made promises for you and I and he is going to keep them whether you like it or not. God's unfailing love. Yeah, but I've committed a sin, but God's love is still unfailing. Yeah, but but you know what? I'm, I'm still jacked up and flawed. Oh, you're perfect. God's unfailing love is flawless. Uh, uh, but, but you don't even know my struggles, Pastor. I don't need to because God's love is unfailing and faithful. You can rely on it. It's dependable. You can take it to the bank and get a return on the investment. God's love is unfailing and it's faithful. That is grace. No matter how far away you stray, no matter how low you go, God still loves you. 
You didn't have to do anything to get it. That's crazy because I'm like, wife, I had to do a whole lot to get you to love me. <laughs> had to earn her love, but I don't have to earn Jesus' love. I hated God. If you don't know my story, I'll tell you just a snippet of it. I was a radical Muslim. I denied God. I denied Christ. I preached the Bible against Christians. Yeah, I did that. And God says, I love you. This is why I cry. This is why I weep. This is why I act crazy because I shouldn't be here. I should not be in this house of God, praising God, preaching his word. But God said, you know what? You just like my son, Paul. He didn't like me either. He had issues with my son, too. Matter of fact, he was killing people who said they love my son. What makes you any different? What makes you any different? That's grace. And when you think about grace, you shouldn't sit down. You shouldn't just be quiet. You should not get it. You know, but, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. God don't care. He, ain't no such thing in heaven as introvert and extroverts. I dare you to get to heaven talking about, hey, man, your turn to go to the gate. I'm an introvert. I ain't going to walk through the gates. You ain't going to make it. <laughs> There's no such thing as that. Yo, don't, I don't care how your neighbor look at you. Don't, you shouldn't care about your neighbor. You got to praise God for that grace that you didn't earn, you can't buy. It's, it's unmerited. It's unmerited. Let me show you about grace. God orchestrated the birth of Jesus Christ so that he could extend his grace. Grace entered the world in the Old Testament, but it wasn't available to us yet. So he had to send his son for us to atone for our sins. Why is it? This is a perfect example. Why is it the first thing that happened when Jesus hung on the cross? The first thing that happened was the veil separated. Now, in case you may not know, the veil was a thing that separated regular people from the pastor, if you will. And this pastor could go through the Holy of Holies to atone for your sins once a year. So let's just say, for instance, you, they, you lived in Atlanta and you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you thought you were going to do something. That's a sin. Let's just say the next time they cut you off, you did do something. You didn't point your pointer finger at him you pointed your other finger at him. I ain't now talking about your thumb that's a sin so you go a whole year of this and you gotta write this in a book you go into the pastor and say hey pastor here's my book of sins uh, when you go on in that, in that room the holy holies uh, uh, remember me <laughs> that was what happened so the very first thing that happened when, when Jesus hung up on that cross and died breathed his last bit of oxygen here as a human being in human form the very first thing that happens is the veil is torn. Why? So that means we can have grace. You don't have to wait for pastor. You don't have to wait for the high priest. You can walk yourself right into the presence of God to the holy of holies. So when we're singing that song at his feet we worship, there's something to that. Because we didn't have an opportunity to do it before. Because of grace, we're able to do it. 
This is the same grace that gives us strength when we are weak according to 2 Corinthians 12 and 10. It's the same grace that gives us comfort when we mourn according to Psalm 34 and 18. It's the same grace that provides and saves and redeems us according to Ephesians 2. It's the same grace that provides clarity when we're confused. It's the same grace that gives us provision when we need it. It's the same grace that offers protection. It's the same grace that heals us. It's the same grace that protects us. It's the same grace that knows us while we're in our mother's womb. It's the same grace that made plans for you and I for good and not for disaster. It's the same grace that will never leave nor forsake you. It's that same grace that's available today. All you got to do is believe in it. It's not about holiday trees. It's not about ornaments. It's about a God, a Christ hanging up on the cross for our hangups. That is grace. So while we're shopping, we should be buying a gift for Jesus. Though December 25th is not officially his birthday, it is the day that we've set aside to commemorate the birth of a Savior that has come to save all of humanity. And this grace is available to anybody, but not everybody can receive it. So when we're buying gifts, let us remember when God created the earth, it was pure. Sin entered it, but because of Jesus Christ, all of it is cleansed. Grace, and I'm ending it right here, is more than we deserve and greater than we ever imagined. Grace is more than you and I deserve, but it's greater. <laughs> than we've ever imagined. Oh, to be in the glory of God. There's no better place I'd rather be. Oh, to be in the presence of my Lord and Savior. That is grace. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah.
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.